It is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I am Tyler, as Josh gets off said, and with me, as always, like Josh said, is Smitty. That was new to me, so that was the first time for me to <laughs> for me to see that but uh go be, be sure to follow us on all of our social medias whether it's twitter instagram tiktok threads that's threads me. um and go subscribe to us on youtube youtube as well hit the like button leave a five-star review wherever you can um and then also go check out some of the links we're going to have a new link in every single one of the shows that we are going to be have until from now until christmas time we have set off on our rocket around the 412. This is year six. 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 Crazy. Crazy. Over $25,000 raised. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts. Um, and as, if any of you don't know, um, in year six, so, so for the past several years, Smitty and I have, uh, along with the help of all of you, have helped to raise money to help out families in our local community in the 724 and 412 areas. Um, so, so we've been able to help out several children provide Christmas for them throughout the past six years. Um, we're hoping to continue to do so as well. And we actually announced the other day that we're also going to continue our partnership with the Salvation Army and, and helping them out. It's Christmas time with their, you have the wording better than I do. What's the, what's it called? Uh, the angel tree. Angel tree. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're going to continue to do that as well as the individual families that we, we will provide Christmas for. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, we kicked it off on July 1st. It's, it's started every year in July. It's like Christmas in July. There you go. Um, but yeah, so if all of you could go check out that link, it'll be at the top of the description, um, in each and every one of these shows moving forward as we go on towards December. Um, but yeah, rocking around the 412 year six, excited for it. Um, this is the only time that we talk about this part of it specifically because otherwise I'm going to get emotional on every single episode that we do from this point to Christmas, and I don't want that to happen. I don't think anybody wants that to happen. But uh, with that announcement being the case, the reason that it was is last year, if you guys remember, when I reached out to Kaylee after we lost Dalton and we wanted to provide Christmas for Isla, what she wanted to do with that money instead was to you know, reach out to Salvation Army and adopt kids from there from their Christmas tree they originally thought we were going to take on like three kids. We adopted 15 for Christmas last year with that money. Um, and so to be able to do that last year, Kaylee and Isla want to continue to be involved with it. She already reached out to me and told me that I had like a 45 minute conversation today with Mary Kay, who's the director over there at the Salvation Army and, and just making that happen. And uh, to be able to do it in Dalton's name, I mean, you know, to just, obviously a tragic situation and talked about it with Kaylee because actually, you know, just the nine month anniversary of it happening would have, would have been the second of this month. And that's when she reached out to me and said like, Hey, I don't know. I saw that you kicked off the um, fundraising already. Just know that like, I want to be involved still. Isla's, you know, getting older. She's starting to ask more questions about her dad. And I want to be able to like, you know, continue on his legacy. And that's what we're going to be able to do with doing this. So to be able to, to do this in his name, um, with the Salvation Army, um, it means the absolute world to me. I know it means the world to you. And, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited about this year. Not that I've, I've ever been not excited about a year, but I think this year specifically is going to be even more special. Um, just having that attachment to it along with that, um, 
unfortunately there was another classmate of ours and we were also me chris and dalton were all in the same homeroom in high school so another classmate of ours chris karenbauer who passed away uh, in 2020 his family started a food pantry in his name and last year with money that was left over i went shopping with his twin brother spence and bought stuff to fill the pantry and we're going to do that again i mean it's like maybe 100 150 dollars to do so um but just to, again just to be able to keep friends of mine and and classmates of mine and friends of so many that i graduated with you know their names going through this mission uh i can't say it enough but it means the world to me so thank you all that donate every single year um the link is live so you guys can donate right now share it right now we appreciate it as we always do we appreciate the support and um yeah, like I said, that's the only time I'm going to get like really in depth with the Salvation Army stuff because I know every single time that I talk about it, especially because there's kids involved, you know, that's mm -hmm. that's what really gets me. So, um yeah, really excited about this year. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um can we talk about threads for a second though real quick it's like a little bit of an icebreaker <laughs> to transition here because yeah. i feel like it came out of, like i didn't even know it was a thing and then i got like an instagram notification that somebody else that i follow on instagram made an account or made their first post or whatever so i was like what is this and then i go on twitter and see people like tweeting screenshots of their threads accounts and i'm like is this like people jumping ship right now like is that what it was oh, people have still been on twitter since then it wasn't yeah. like mass exodus but like i was like what is happening so i obviously made an account we made an account for one before one too it's been kind of fun i think it's better at launch than like a lot of apps have been there's obviously like things that i'm like okay like right off the the bat like the timeline you don't want to see people you don't want to follows you know yeah. or anything like that uh, you can't direct message it would be nice if you can edit stuff on there. There's some things that obviously need to be worked out, but I think like at launch, it's one of the better apps that we've had. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, the whole, with the whole Twitter stuff going on, I, I didn't even know what was happening whenever, whenever Elon had the whole 6,000 tweets versus 600 tweets. And I, mm -hmm. I got a notification or not a notification, but a thing just saying like your megabytes are up. And I was like, what the heck is this? Um, but I think it was interesting because weren't there a couple others Weren't there, weren't there like blue sky and so that's that's coming that is like in a beta you have to like request access to it right now okay it's not live, like public and then there was one other one that that people were joining before threads hmm. oh spoutable or something it, maybe i don't know yeah. there, there were a couple that popped up over like the past week and then threads was just like overnight basically like everybody joined yesterday it felt like as a recording yeah. so i guess on, on wednesday it seemed like everybody just joined um mm -hmm. but it, it, it's interesting i <laughs> personally i don't think that it's going to overtake twitter and i just it's hard to envision anything doing that like yeah i just don't i don't think there's an app that can like i would i would have to say like imagine today i mean it's so hard because it was such a long time ago but imagine if vine were still around would tiktok be as big as it is so so like because vine was the original and then tiktok yeah. and i know they're, they're a little bit different but threads and twitter are practically like the same with their with their differences mm -hmm. but it's the same concept i just yeah. can't imagine something overtaking twitter well that's the thing is like you know elon got to start all the way up here with twitter it's while we're having this conversation but like i think the only way that i would give it a chance to is if like you had to pay for it like there was oh, no if you had to pay for twitter like i'm jumping ship i'm not i'm not paying yeah. for twitter I, I there would have to not be a free option i think in order for it to to really yeah. go down 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. But yeah, until then, Twitter is still the king of like social medias, I think. Well, I guess Facebook is technically king, but that's yeah. for a bunch of boomers. And Smitty yeah. deletes his Twitter for uh, like a week. <laughs> I've been getting more into Reddit though too, just because I thought I like I'm waiting for the time that I actually come across like somebody breaking news on Reddit. Like that's what I want. I want the Eric. Car- we're gonna talk about Eric Carlson because we're about to you know kind of transition uh-huh. here into Penn's talk. And I would love if that trade somehow got broken from Reddit. So that's what I'm waiting. Dude, for. Reddit. Reddit's a wild place. <laughs> you can find a lot of interesting subreddits. Yeah, yeah. I've I've st- I've You've come dabbled. across a few of them already. Yeah. <laughs> um. But okay, what's what's crazy about the whole Twitter thing that we were just talking about though is that happens like the not that Elon's like, oh, I wonder, you know, let me set this up to go down during NHL free agency. But it happened to be that day. So it's like terrible day for it to happen for us yeah. NHL fans. The penguins start off kind of quiet. So let's just go through this. Now I don't know that I'm gonna have the exact I tried to have them in order in the way that they happened. I'm not sure if I got it hundred percent here. Actually, no, take a step back because the day after we recorded last week with Josh, they traded for Riley Smith. It's been so long, I feel like, since we recorded. And it has been five days. I feel like the Riley so much Smith has trade was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, they trade for Riley Smith. And that was kind of one of those cases we were talking about leading up to this where those cap strap teams with the salary cap only going up a mill, we're going to have to find ways to shed salary and teams that had space. were going to get really good players for basically free. The penguins trade the original pick that they acquired in the Teddy Bluter deal from Vegas back to Vegas to get Riley Smith. So Teddy Bluter for Riley Smith essentially is the deal here. Um, I've always been a fan of Riley Smith's game. I think that immediately I know he's, you know, in his thirties, he's 32. Um, but still, when you look at, he has six seasons above 60 or 50 points. Um, even what he did last, just even last year, that playoff one run was really good. One of the original members of that, the misfit line and that first team in Vegas, I think automatically he's like their best player in terms of transition as a winger. I'm sorry, not obviously mm-hmm. better than sit in transition, but he's their best winger in transition. Like he just brings something to the table that I don't think was there on the roster already. Now they said Sullivan said immediately following this that it didn't necessarily shut the door on Jason Zucker. However, Kyle Dubas post free agency media availability said that it kind of did. So it was funny to hear Kyle Dubas say, yeah, after we acquired Riley, that was kind of, you know, the writing on the wall. I don't think he used those words, but essentially like the writing was on the wall. Every fan knew that. Like as, as soon as I saw that trade. That basically slammed the door shut on a Zucker return. You're you're doing a similar salary for a, a top six player. You're not going to bring back Zucker in that case. So that was the only what I would call like a downside to the trade. But for, for the actual trade itself, you gave up nothing essentially mm-hmm. for for Riley Smith. And I get that he, he like you said he's 32 years old, so it doesn't really help with the age department um, in getting younger. But he's still a very productive player, um, and he plays off the rush really well which is really good for Sullivan's system i think he immediately slides in and i would assume would be malkin's left winger um so although basically taking place of the, the where zucker played i've i i've watched some stuff he's played his best hockey on the right side i wonder if now i'm not saying the penguins do this I think he would benefit p- from playing on the on Sid's right wing and having Russ drop down and playing Raquel on left wing for for Gino and then Rust on the right wing for Gino. Okay. No, that, that that's make sense I, I envision it. I, I think it's going to happen the way that you said. Personally, yeah. what I said would be what I tried first. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I can see that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a great trade. I, I think that you, you, I, you maybe get a little more scoring than you would have got than you got with Zucker, even though Zucker had a great year. But um, yeah. I, I do think that the trade itself, and it was surprising because normally, like when you think about like trades, or at least maybe I'm just used to like hearing trades before they happen with the Penguins. I feel like this one just kind of came out of nowhere, similar oh, to yeah. like a, a Ron Hextall type of trade. Um, except this mm-hmm. was actually a good one, but I feel uh, like yeah, the insiders I, I, weren't ready for it because like no. they were all getting ready for free agency. Yeah. I, I think that, that could be the case. Um, but I like it. I, I like it. And it's only two, two years. So it's not like a long lengthy contract we, we, we traded for. And at worst he's, he's only here for two years. So yeah, I think, I think that the trade is really good. Um, I think he's going to fit in the system and despite the age, I think he's still going to be a really productive player in Pittsburgh. $5 million each of the next two seasons. So I think that, like, like, let's go. The thing for me is, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't do this. When we acquired him and it was like, okay, the writing is on the wall that Jason Zucker is gone. It, we, at the time, we would have thought Jason Zucker is going to get a long-term deal in free agency. So we were like, okay with it. Knowing that Jason Zucker only got that one-year deal in Arizona for what he did obviously probably a little bit of a higher aav than what we had talked about and we're comfortable yeah. giving him but it was only one year so that's you know you give and take um would you still have rather have had riley smith on the roster or would you have just given zucker that one year 5.1 million see i don't think the one year 5.1 million would have been on the table for zucker in pittsburgh i i think okay. if it was going to be zucker coming back i don't think it's a one-year deal i think it's at least like a two or three so if that's the case, then yeah, I'd be open to just bringing Zucker back on the one year that they, that he got. But I just don't think that that would have been a possibility in Pittsburgh. I think that if Pittsburgh was going to bring him back, it was going to be and not, not not a possibility because he wouldn't have taken that deal. I just think that the Penguins would have offered him a longer term deal. Oh, so you're saying the Penguins would have wanted more to give him more than one? They wouldn't have only yeah. wanted to do one. Okay, I I, I yeah. am under the assumption that I think that that the Penguins organization would have given him like a three year deal. Yeah, I mean, I see. That's the that's the the what I do like about the Smith deal is it is you know more than just one year left on it. You have that flexibility for two years. Um, you pre to play at five million dollars, which you know five million dollars sounds pretty high, but he's definitely, in my opinion, bringing that to the table. Like I said, he's got six different years with fifty plus points. That includes last season. Um, yeah, I, I think that I'm in agreement on that. Let, let's. I don't know that you can bring or how much health was factoring into this decision because Jason's like a relatively healthy last year, but Riley Smith has missed a total of what, like five games in his NHL career. Like he's always available. So mm-hmm. how much does that play into their mind too, in terms of this? And like, Zucker as a penguin this guy's, missed a lot of time over his, over his right. tenure in Pittsburgh. Now you could say those are like anomaly injuries and like, you can't, you can't bank on Riley Smith being healthy all of next season and Zucker getting hurt. Like you don't know that those things are going to happen, but I think it's a safe bet to make for the penguins that like, you know, Riley Smith has a better chance of staying healthy based off his body of work than Jason Zucker does. So I could see that kind of playing in the decision to go the route they did too. You get a similar player production wise, a similar cap hit, but a guy that's been more available. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's the way it goes down. I'm excited to add Riley Smith to the roster for two seasons. Um, okay, now we can get into the free agency. I kind of jumped the gun there saying that we were going to dive into that. Um, the first thing, it, this was actually, the guy had 
it looked like agreed to terms with a different team, Matt Nieto, with Edmonton prior to noon. And then like noon is when like things start to becoming like official when they get out. Um, all of a sudden, like noon hits, and it's like, okay, change of plans. Matt Nieto signing with Pittsburgh. Well, and even like the tweets said, like long story. Like, <laughs> so Matt Nieto comes to the Penguins two-year deal, um, 900K per season. This is, to me, like, I mean, you look up fourth liner, a picture of Matt Nieto is probably going to pop up. Scores 10 goals, kills penalties, still got pretty good foot speed for a 30-year-old. Um, I, I like this signing. There's going to be ones where I'm either like meh or don't like that we're going to talk about down the line. But genuinely, I think for what he brings to the table, 900K is a bargain for a guy that you can plug and play on the fourth line and brings what he does to the table. Yeah, sub, sub $1 million, I think this is a, this is a great deal to make. Um, you had to have improvements in your bottom six. He's not going to be the type of improvement where you're going to get scoring, but I do think that the defense drastically improves. With he did have what though last year, like and, 10? I mean, if he got 10 goals from a fourth liner, that's it was eight um, or 10. I don't let's see. He had oh, he had he was on two teams, he had 12. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I had, yeah, I had to like look like, at I looked at it where because he got traded to Colorado, yeah, he had. He had 12 points or 12 goals and what is this? 24 points. So not bad for a fourth liner. Like anyone making a sub 1 million, if you score 12 goals, I, that, that's great. I mean, that's kind of like, that's like Matt Collin-ish, I feel like, when he was on the fourth line here. Yeah. And minus like eight years in age. I think it was pretty, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's pretty good as well. Um, but yeah, and then getting a guy, like you said, that can play the special teams, play, play on the penalty kill. I, mm-hmm. I, I think this is a fine signing. Um, I'm I'm interested to see like where he plugs in on the fourth line, like whether he's well, right. Yeah, or it left. got it got yeah. more. Co- I don't want to like spoil like spoil our thoughts on the other signings by bringing them into it, but it got more yeah. complicated as the day went on, and they added a couple more guys for the bottom six. So yeah, yeah I agree. Um, but the next one, Noel Achari, kind of same type of deal there with a bottom six player. They give him three years, two million per. This was the one where, or one of the ones where I was like, for what he brings to the table, it's okay. Probably one of those things where it's like, would rather give him two years, got to give him three in free agency to win that bidding war. Uh, I'm okay with it. I like the player. I think a lot of people are going to get some like Brandon Tanev vibes going on, just kind of flies around the ice like a maniac. Mm-hmm. Um, can bring some offense. He was actually last year, if you remember, when we were talking about like some trade targets, when he was with St. Louis before he got traded to Toronto, I brought him up. And then obviously he goes to Toronto. Nice little playoff run, I thought. He was a productive player for them, kind of fit his role nicely. I I wish that, I mean, we're going to talk about the other center they added here. If they would have done better at 3C on the day, like if they acquired somebody else, I would feel a lot better about this. But to me, this is like a fourth-line center, not a whole lot more upside than what's on the surface, but I like him. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is a fine deal. If it was two years, two million, I love it because it's a third year, I'm more like, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, and I'll be honest, I don't I don't think that there's like a huge difference between him and Nieto. Like I don't think there's a 1.9 million dollar difference. Um, but I understand if you if you want to get certain players, you have to pay them in free agency to get them. He had 14 goals last year. Um, two in the playoffs with Toronto. But I I think it's fine. Like it's it's retooling your bottom six, which which is a lot of what Saturday was. Um, and, and so I, I think for, for what you're paying, I think it's fine. It's, there's not really much to really say about it. Also, he has a modified no trade clause, which is interesting for a fourth liner, but, um, 
it's interesting. Is but. that becoming more of like cause like Josh Archibald signed for like 800k with Tampa, but got a 15 team no trade clause? I, I don't like, know. Maybe maybe he just really hates certain cities <laughs> and just does not want to go there. He's but like, it's you just want to like, sign? How me. does that player warrant that? I I don't know. That's why I was. I don't know like, either. No, the charge. I but. I I have no idea. But the Penguins have several players with like modified or full mm-hmm. no trade clause. Yeah. I also, like, I know Maple Leafs fans are very upset about losing him, but this is like, this is the one, right? Like we talked about, Dubas is going to bring at least one player over from Toronto's roster last year that's available in free agency. Um, we kind of, like, if it was going to be a top six guy, Michael Bunting would have made sense. He obviously, he's going to be in the Metro with Carolina. Um, you mentioned Kerfoot. that, by the way. I'm, I'm not, oh yeah, yeah Kerfoot would have been cool. But I'm not even going to lie, whenever the Riley Smith trade happened, I just saw mm-hmm. Riley to Pittsburgh in in some some tweet and immediately my head went to morgan riley and we traded for him <laughs> we're just trying to have like the most offense from defense but the least amount of defense yeah and that um, also will come up and later on when we talk about the penguins yeah now okay here we go this is going to be an order like i said not necessarily the most significant so the next one was tristan jari uh five-year deal what was the cap number? 5.3 something. Uh, 5.375 per. Um, 28 years old. Won't be a UFA now until the 28-29 season. So this is that they lock up the goaltender that is going to be their number one, they believe, for the rest of the course time in Pittsburgh. Um, I I went on Hunter's show, Locked on Penguins, after free agency is like a recap. He asked me what my initial reaction was. I thought I was being punked. Like, I was waiting for Ashton Kutcher to come out. And uh, listen, I love Tristan. I think he's a great guy. I think he has a ton of talent. I don't know how he got five years. I don't even have an issue necessarily with the, with a number because it's like the 12th highest cap hit among goalies. That's fine. I think that he's in that range of goaltender. But five years, I mean, that is them saying, we feel really good about this guy's health. Like, we think mm-hmm. he is going to be 100% healthy. This degenerative hip thing people were talking about whatever whatever we're not concerned about it this is a huge gamble by the pittsburgh penguins and one that i didn't see them making up until 24 hours before free agency started when i was reading uh josh yoey's article and something from rob rossi and i was like oh man they're bringing tristan back and here we are yeah i guess i guess josh was right that if if by a certain time on saturday tristan jari was not a penguin he or was not signed he was going to be going somewhere else and i did not see this happening this this contract i saw i could see talk myself into them bringing him back but Mm -hmm. the contract that they got made absolutely no sense to me like five years that's the and that like you said that's the thing that is so confusing and baffling that they gave him a five-year deal because I wouldn't have given him more than a three-year deal and probably more likely would have liked to give him a two-year deal. But it's, it's crazy to me. And I guess if you got to do what you have to do and like, like we say with free agency, you got to have to do what you have to do at certain times. If other teams are going to sign Tristan, but it is so weird to me that a goalie who has had health issues for the past couple of seasons, just come in, comes and gets a five-year deal just very easily and I, I i understand the penguins were in a tough spot too because they had a problem where there was the goalie market 
itself was overall just absolute crap and you're going to have to trade for one and give up valuable assets to to get a number one on the same level of Tristan Jari and that's the thing I'm not even concerned about his level of play like when he's healthy I think he's fine but he he better be healthy and I think this thing could like there there, there's and then this is might seem redundant but there's only two ways this is going to go this deal is going to look like a fair or or even maybe even like a really good deal by the end of it or in year two this this deal is going to look terrible yeah i that's i I mean i'm in agreement like i said i would have given him two years with and whatever that aav would have looked like i would have been fine making him one of the higher paid goalies in the league for two years to get him back but i wouldn't have wanted to give him the term my bigger issue was going to be the term um I just, I don't even know what else to say about it at this point. Like the five years is just crazy, but we, I don't know. I don't think I brought it up on here because I think I told you before we started recording weeks ago that I couldn't talk about it on the show. Now that the time has passed, I talked about it on Hunter's show. Ron Hextall was ready to give Tristan Jari a very similar deal to this during the season last year. They were very close to a five or six year extension within the same range in terms of the number. Ron Hextall was also very upset when other members in that front office said they should look to acquire a goaltender at the trade deadline. So Tristan Jari was Ron Hextall's guy. It's just really interesting now to see that he's Kyle Dubas's guy as well, because we we thought they were going to go in a different direction, like we set up until like 24 hours beforehand when it started to look more and more like he was going to return to Pittsburgh. Um to your point, their hand probably was forced a little bit by the market, but I absolutely hate that. I mean, we said on the show before, I think we both, I, I said it, I thought that you agreed, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. I said, I reached a point this past year where I couldn't bring back Jari no matter what. I would have rather have just lived with how bad the goaltending would have been for a season if it really came to it without Tristan Jari, if it meant like the Smith was, you know, playing a lot more than he had to and you have a back, let's say what the Smith and the Deltrovich, that would have been awful, but I would almost <laughs> rather do that than have given Tristan Jari a five-year deal. And it could, like to your point, it could play out. He could live up to this contract. He could exceed it based off that cap number for sure. And that what we've seen him do in the past, but man, it's, it's a gamble that the entire organization what a year has two, made. He, he could have missed part of this upcoming season, could miss games in the year two, and it could look that bad that early. And it's all based on his health. I'm not worried about his stats. I'm not worried about how he looks when he's healthy. We know what kind of goalie he is when he's healthy. He's worth the $5.375 million. But whenever he's not healthy and he's not in the net, that's the problem. And when he's playing hurt as well. We don't yeah. need him to play hurt. I'd rather just have the healthy goalie out there. Um. Yeah, it's it's a baffling contract. I I think that, and I I I'll say I I agree with you. At, at a certain point, I was just ready to to hit the reset button and and be fresh, just get some new faces into the locker room and into that net, because it had gotten stale after the past like playoff series that we had had and last season when we didn't even make the postseason and Jari had injuries, especially down the stretch, littered with injuries. I just. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was ready for something new. And it's nothing against Tristan. I don't want to hold his injuries injuries against him, but I am. <laughs> like that that's the reason I was ready to move on. 
plus all the past performances. Now it's like put up or shut up time because you got your contract. Now you better perform. And there's there's really no other option now. You better show that you're the guy. Otherwise, this is going to be the first major mistake by Kyle Dubas. Um, and I hate to put it on him because he was just kind of dealt this hand as soon as he got here. But yeah, but again, he like I understand that the it's a product of the market. By the way, people were like, who is he bidding with? Tristan Jari would have gotten this contract from somebody else if it wasn't the Penguins. Let's just get that out of the way. Regardless of if you wanted your team to be the one to do it, I wouldn't have wanted to be, to be the team to do it. He would have gotten it somewhere. So we can put that to rest. But I understand he was kind of backed into a corner, but I that doesn't mean you like you don't you don't play to that market. You can't make decisions based off that. So. Yeah. Again, they got to feel really good about where he's at health wise. Would and, you have uh, rather had a Matt Murray reunion like like oh, uh, was being flirted with than have this contract? I mean, he wouldn't have been the number one. I, I don't know how much he would have played. Um, would he have been the number one if and, it was him and Casey? I don't think so. I think he's that. I think he's that broken. Yeah. I just I think he's cooked. <laughs> and it's a shame. That I mean, just, that was just funny. The just hearing. The, I think he's cooked. Yeah, like in a serious tone. Like yeah. that's normally. Funny. But yeah, it, it's hard to wrap your mind around this playing out the way that it did. But we're here, and uh, Tristan Jari for five years. We'll see how it goes for them. Um, they were no stranger to giving out term. Ryan Graves, six years, the next contract here. And also, speaking of no uh, no movement or having some clauses here, he's got a modified no-trade clause uh, from this season up until the end of 2026. That includes a 12-team no-trade list. And then up until his contract expires in the 28-29 season, he'll have an 18 no-trade list. Ryan Graves, good player. Um, actually, I got something for you guys. Let's take a look back at one of the clips from last week's show. So if I'm just going to just throw one more name out there, been heavy on this guy's train for a while, and especially if you're going to let Brian Dumoulin go, which might happen, um, I would say is likely to happen. Now New Jersey goes out and gets Tyler Toffoli. They got to still re-sign Timo Meyer. If I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm like, hey, Ryan Graves, why don't you just come right over here? and We'll plot you right next to Chris Letang on our top pair, and you can just be six foot five and kill people. So that that uh, I think is is a good idea, too. So those those are some of the guys that I'm I'm crossing my fingers for. I think you know the other side of it is 31 other teams want to sign them too, right? So like you, you just have to hope that that it works out for us. We have yep. Penguins Jesus, and now we have our prophet in Josh <laughs> Getzoff, because that was prophetic. He called yeah. it. Yeah, he called his shot, and he nailed it. Yeah. Um, good thing he didn't land on the Tyler Bertuzzi or Michael Bunting or Garnet Hathaway. He uh, the last one he threw out there, and Ryan Graves is the one that stuck. So, um, Ryan Graves, good player. Uh, oddly enough, his uh, his pairing mate over there with the New Jersey Devils, John Marino, former Pittsburgh Penguin. Um, I think you look on Ryan Graves. Is, he's an interesting player because you look at you know the underlying stuff, and it's not necessarily great. But like, there's certain things about his game that are very hot. Like, 
80-something percentile in terms of firing the puck at the net for defensemen. He likes to shoot the puck. That's never going to be a question. Also in the 90th percentile in terms of penalty killing. There are things there to work with. He's also really good in transition. Um, I think what they see is the perfect partner for Chris Letang. They see another Brian Dumlin within him that they can get out of him playing within this system. I think it's more about that than the player himself. I think they take, if that makes sense, I think they take a look at what the player could be within the system as opposed to what the player has been with New Jersey. Um, I like Graves. think he's a good player. Don't necessarily think he's a great player. I think the cap hit is fine. But again, I go to like, man, six years for this player. I guess that's just a product of July 1st in free agency because Mm -hmm. ideally this is a guy that you're getting for, you know, four years max, but he gets six. Yeah. And I mean, luckily he's one of the guys that we signed that wasn't over the age of 30 or at the age of 30. So, so there you go. Helping that average come down. I, I like the signing. Um, like you said, the term, it is what it is. That's just kind of the nature of free agency. But this is a, a Brian Dumoulin replacement, and even bigger Brian Dumoulin, too. He's 6'5", 220 pounds. Josh is right. He's literally going to go out there and kill people. Um, and I, 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 th- I think that'll be an element to the defense that has been kind of missing um, overall. I don't think that they've had a lot of players with that physicality like Braves can bring. Um, and I, I'm looking at his J fresh hockey card, 82nd percentile in goals per 60 when he's playing, when he's mm-hmm. on the yep. ice. So I, I, he, he can, he's, he's not a bad player. I, I, I think he's a very productive player. And I think in the penguin system and paired with Chris Letang, I think he could be, that could be a really good pairing. Um, so I, I, I think this is a, a great move and I, I like that there was no even entertaining the process with Brian Dumoulin. He was also after in the, in that post free agency uh, that press conference for for Dubis him and Zucker du, uh, Dumlin and Zucker were the ones he thanked like immediately for their service mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, which is basically saying we'll be seeing you. You're not coming back. Um, which yeah, I, it, that needed to happen, and I think this is this is good new blood to bring in and. I'm excited for this one. I'm excited to see what he looks like with the Penguins because, like you're saying, like this is something that they they're probably looking at that they think they can get some untapped potential that they can't they they weren't able to get in New Jersey like they can in Pittsburgh. So we'll be curious. Although then again, when you look at it's like the opposite with John Marino. He suddenly was starting scoring again whenever he got to New Jersey. So maybe they'll do the same thing with with uh, Ryan Graves going the opposite way. Yeah, um, I do want to take a step back, though. I'm glad that you said about Dumoulin and Zucker because, I, you know, I think we would be remiss if we didn't, you know, mention how much we appreciated their contributions, obviously, at different times. Like, by the time Zucker got here, Dumoulin, you know, wasn't – you were already kind of starting to see signs of him going in the wrong direction. But those cup runs, Brian Dumoulin, I mean, he's my favorite player in those teams just because I'm always the guy that, like, I want to find the most underappreciated or who I envision as being the most underappreciated player on those teams. And that's my guy, Brian Dumoulin. No one viewed him as a top pairing left-handed defenseman. And he was for a team that won back-to-back Stanley cups. He ended up being the best piece from the Jordan stall trade going all the way back to 2012. So shout out to Brian Dumoulin. He lands on his feet. It's a new deal in, in uh, Seattle. So we will see how that plays out for them there. They could probably shelter him a little bit better than he was able to be in Pittsburgh. So, yeah. um, shout out to Brian yeah, Dumoulin and then another, Jason another Zucker. former Pittsburgh player going to Seattle, by the way. Yeah. That's just, that's, that's just Pitts, Pittsburgh junior. 
that's what that is. The landing spot for Zucker is really odd. It's like they're signing him to have him be a trade chip at the deadline. So, like, I'm already thinking about, can we trade back for him? <laughs> and retain um, salary. <laughs> I I love Jason Zucker. Um, I think anybody that, like, you know, is, is a Penguins. Maybe the national media doesn't pick up on this as much as everybody else and ever everybody in Pittsburgh. But what a guy to have on a team. I mean, just the ultimate good guy fun loving always squirting the water bottles on the guys when they're doing the pregame skate interviews and stuff like that um just loves to have fun one of the very few personalities on the penguins and i feel like in hockey in general um so jason zucker definitely will be missed uh it was great that you know for last season he was actually able to remain healthy and have the season he did to be able to get you know another five million dollars in his bank account so yeah happy for him well you you uh, mentioned too that uh he, he, he was one of the only guys that had like personality or one of the best personalities of the Penguins. But like this year, whenever the times looked the darkest for the, for the team, he was one of the only ones that you could tell that he was putting in 100% effort every single time he was on the ice. And you could see the energy that he brought to the team. So as a fan, I really appreciated that. Even though the, the, the Penguins were not playing well and had several losing stretches, he never let that get to him. He always gave 100% effort, and you could see that in the way that he played. So I appreciate Jason Zucker a lot. Um, and this is actually – people can make fun of me for this. I actually DM'd him on Instagram and just wanted to thank him personally oh, well. for myself because I was like – I from even outside of a hockey perspective, like I just feel like he was a, a guy that really brought all of himself to the city of Pittsburgh. Like he just engulfed the city as well. And so I just wanted to thank him for that. And that he'll always have a fan of me, even though it didn't work out in Pittsburgh, like we had hoped. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, don't close the door on a reunion at some point. Like I, I think that it's possible for sure. Um, but uh, shout out to Jason. Wish the best for him with the Coyotes. Uh, as we were talking, it kind of reminded me too. I wanted to bring up real quick: Patrick Hornquist retiring from the NHL. Uh, another yeah. member that the Penguins do not win those cups without. Obviously, scored the clincher the second time in 2017 versus old team the Predators. Um, you remember when that James Neal deal went down? Like how underwhelming it seemed on the surface to be getting him and Nick Spalling back for a 40 goal score. And uh, the Penguins won that trade just by the Hornquist part of that. So what a player, what a career. One of the few guys that played the way that he did in front of the net. We haven't had that presence since then. Um, it's been something that's been missed. Obviously, it's a very unfortunate for him that his – I feel like he didn't get to go out on his own terms when you look at how yeah. his time in Florida went with a concussion this past year and everything like that. Uh, very unfortunate, but what an underrated player he was. Uh, 901 games, I think. So, um, but shout out to Patrick, got a couple Stanley Cups to show for it. Yeah. And I, I think that he is a very underrated player when it comes to like those cup runs because you look back and obviously Hornquist was a great player, but I just don't feel really th- think people realize how much he just changed the way the Penguins played um, when he, he was on the ice. Like, I just. I do not think that the Penguins win those cups if Hornquist is not on the team. Like when that trade happened, like obviously Neil was a great scorer, but Hornquist really changed the way that the Penguins played. And he 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 was one of the guys like you said, introduced that that net front presence. I mean, honestly, probably one of the best net front presences or at least that scored goals around that area because I feel like the Penguins hadn't scored goals around that area in such a long time. 
Sid's like one of the only people that scores goals around the net front. Him and Jake, they do a great job at it, but they, and, they're not and the Jake's ones different doing though. It. It's you know the hand eye. He's not really like yeah. getting. Yeah, he's not throwing his body around in front of the net and taking those licks. As yeah, much as... I think he he changed the way that they played, and without him, they they don't win those cups. Um, there's several guys that you could say that for, but definitely Hornquist yeah. is one of them, and I appreciate he everything he did in Pittsburgh as well because like you like. Especially, like I say, without him, they don't win those cups. Without him in 17, they definitely don't win that cup. Or at least they might not. We don't yeah. know what is, would have happened in overtime. So, it's it's uh, thank you to Hornquist. Um, we always talk about Kessel when we talk about the Penguins' power play not being the same. I think, you know, Hornquist, too, not having that net front element on the power play. I Like, I don't know that it's as glaring as what the power plays looked like sans Kessel, mm -hmm. but it's definitely there too. Like no Hornquist has been very evident in terms of the net front presence. Yeah. Because then you have like the two guys that I mentioned going in the net front. Like you have like Jake who shouldn't really like, he's not the same way that Hornquist was on that power play in the front of the net. And then you have like Sid that goes into the front of the net, but those are two guys that, you, that shouldn't really be there. They should be more on the outside. You should have somebody else. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a thing that I didn't even think about, um, about the power play. And that's definitely something that's been lacking for the past several seasons. Power play at the whole has just been depressing. Yeah. Um, all right. Back to free agency where, all right, we got Tristan Jari. We got Casey to Smith. Goaltending is probably taken care of. Nope. Alex Nadelkovic signs like immediately along with Ryan Graves. That news breaks on a one-year contract. Uh, what was it, like one point five or something 1. like that, million. or yeah, one point five exactly. Um, uh, talking about this one with Hunter, it's interesting because obviously had that great run in Carolina, but like you or I could probably play goalie in Carolina and be all right. Um. <laughs> with the way that they play defense and they insulate their goalies and then was awful with Detroit, but who isn't? So it's like, you know, the, you have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, maybe the best environment for a goalie to play in. And one of, if not the worst for a goalie mm -hmm. to play in over the last few seasons. So what is Alex Nadelkovich? It, it's hard to figure out. I just, my mind didn't, The Smiths getting traded. They say that that's, you know, not necessarily the case. They could run with three goalies at the NHL level or something like they actually signed a fourth goalie to a one way contract. Now, that only matters for his salary making the same uh, Hellberg. But I I don't know. I, I feel like this is the move to set up Casey to Smith being traded and Kevin Weeks, even at the, one of the first things he said when uh, they opened up their free agency show free agency frenzy was mm -hmm. talking about goaltenders that are available for trade. And he mentioned Casey to Smith. I don't, I think he, I think his name's out there. I think he's available. I think he should be because I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but the last few seasons we've had some, some previous starters come in and be backups, but they're also guys that I could see just bringing in and being at the AHL level as well. Like Tokarski, like Louis Domingue, mm -hmm. Like those are guys that I don't necessarily think are they. They automatically mean that Casey DeSmith would have been traded. The Delkovich, I just feel like that is the case. Like I feel like he's going to. Why be would he sign I, here? I I don't think it makes sense for for them to bring him in. Otherwise, yeah, and why would he sign up for that? 
Like, why would he I, sign with us in free agency? Exactly. I just I don't think that there's any other possibility besides Casey DeSmith's going to be traded. I just I don't see you carrying a 1.5 million goaltender at the AHL level. I don't. And so, and so if you if you're gonna have that goaltender, then the other one better go. You're not gonna carry three goaltenders. I don't care what they say. They could say that we're, oh, we might carry three goaltenders at the NHL level. Bull crap. You are not going to do that. Especially yeah. when all of them make over a million dollars. Like none of them are making like league men. Mm-hmm. So and, and none of them can can be carried down to the AHL level and make an AHL salary. Like you're gonna be paying for them either way. I just think that this means Casey DeSmith is going to be gone. What's interesting about this, and and I don't <clears throat> I can't disagree because again, I don't think you can continue to run it back with that same duo. Like Casey DeSmith has been a better goalie than Alex Nadelkovich. Like yeah. if if the if they were flipped, if they were both free agent goalies and you could have either one. Casey DeSmith hadn't played for the Penguins yet. Like, we didn't have that body of work. We didn't have the view of him that we do. You're picking Casey DeSmith every single time when you put their numbers against each other. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it's just, yeah, it's a tough situation. The Penguins can't sell that tandem to the fan base again. No. Let's let's sell this new one with a worse goalie and a five-year contract. (laughs) Hey, I mean, yeah, that's true. There's probably no real way for them to sell it with. Jari I don't think they're selling anyway, it. They're, but... they're just saying like, it is what yeah. it is. You got, you have to deal with it. We don't There's care no about way our around fans. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. <laughs> FSG doesn't care about their fans. Hey, we thought that way before the the Dubas hiring. So <laughs> that's true. Maybe maybe it's all being brought back up. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on that, just because. You know, I don't know. We'll see. If Casey Smith gets traded, that will obviously be a topic on the show, and we'll have to dive into what Nadelkovich is. Because Nadelkovich, especially with, you know, Jari's availability or lack thereof for the last few seasons, he could be very important to next year's Penguins team if Casey Smith is traded. Um, now, this is the one, literally, like, I didn't like either part of this deal. Basically, every other deal, I either liked the money or I liked the years, except mm-hmm. for the uh, Nieto one. I was cool with both. For this deal, I didn't like the years. I didn't like them signing the player in general. Lars Eller, two-year deal. What was it, 2.2 per or 2.4? 2.45. Oh, man, even more than I thought. 2.45 per 34 years old Lars Eller. I mean, if this is like the 2018 version of Lars Eller, great deal. He was great for the Caps, especially in that play, that Stanley Cup run. Now he is an all-defense, no-offense player who, based off this deal and what they're saying about him, they are expecting to be their third-line center. I do not see it. I think that what you got is, you know, a bottom six. Now now that we, you know, have pieced it kind of all together, obviously they could still please move Grandland, and there could still be some other pieces involved here in the bottom six. But I look at it right now. You are better defensively, for sure. I think you got some guys that can kill penalties now as opposed to last year. I don't see the offensive upside still. Like, I don't know that there's that much of an offensive difference from last year to this year. If they go in with what they have. I think they're high if they think that he's going to be a third line, their third line center and be productive offensively. Like they would hope a third line center could be. Because from what I've seen, they basically said, we're not really concerned with getting as much scoring out of the bottom six as we could be. Like a, a change from last year. 
Like they're changing players for sure, but like I don't see a huge difference in scoring from this bottom six, especially with Lars Eller. I I, I don't see it. You get better defensively, but you get I, I I think well I guess if you're comparing him to Jeff Carter, you're not really getting slower. But um, <laughs> I I don't think that you're getting speed, and I think that it goes against the grain of what uh, Dubis was saying that he was going to look forward players with talent. I just yeah. I don't I don't see it with Lars Eller. That that's confusing to me. I think Eller is. I think this was Sullivan. I think Lars Eller has probably long been a Sullivan guy. Now it's weird because I don't know that he necessarily fits Sullivan's system, but I think from he really likes what he does defensively. He likes that he wins faceoffs and he likes that he kills penalties. Um, I just you, to me, you got to get some more offensive upside within that bottom six. And the other like okay, there's the chance that if he lives up to you know his potential and the pedigree. Maybe Alex Nylander can pop for like 15 goals or something like that. Maybe Drew O'Connor takes a leap this year. Um, but I want to have another discussion about those guys. But anyways, I just I don't see the offensive upside within the bottom six. That was the entire point of that. I just Lars Eller on this deal to me makes no sense for like. And obviously the player has to be willing to come here too. But for less than six hundred thousand more, Matthew Shane signed in Dallas. Like, what are, what are we doing? Like, I mean, and not even just Matthew Shane. There's other players there too. But 2.45 for what Lars Eller brings to the table, I can't get on board with it. I don't like it from, me, from the years or the money. I, I don't either. And if it, and I don't like it from the perspective of this, they're expecting him to be a third-line center too. Like if, you were gonna, if they came out and said like he's going to be our fourth-line center and it was less money, I'd be perfectly fine with it. I think it'd be, it'd be, it'd be fine. But the fact that you're paying him 2.45 – and you're expecting him to be a third line center. Also, if he's going to be a third line center, what are Granlin and and Carter going to be doing? I I I think that the bottom six is getting a little crowded now for yeah. for guys that are not good anymore. <laughs> and what do we do with them? That's <laughs> we have too many of those types of players. And I think we just might might have signed one. At least I don't want to I don't want to say he's not good anymore, but just like defensively he's fine, but offensively i don't know what you're going to get from lars eller at, at 34 years old yeah it's like okay if you and i like again i like noel achari but if you don't sign him you sign duchene to be the 3c and then you all you sign lars eller to be the 4c that's fine i think down the middle um but you probably be, signed him because his penalty kill is 92nd percentile in, yeah on yeah, jay fresh's card that's that's why yeah. i think that, like i think that they were looking for a Teddy Bluger. And I think that that's what they, they could have signed Teddy like, Bluger. <laughs> that's true. Where did he, he went to uh, Vancouver. Yeah. Like Vancouver signed him and Ian Cole. Like, of course. Dude, Why what is it they? with the West coast signing these <laughs> former penguins? Well, Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin are both there. So, Oh, that's true. That's yeah. But you could have um, got Teddy Bluger on a one year deal at 1.9 million. That's the same discussion about the goalies, though. They can't bring that same player back. They had to make a change just for the sake of making a change. You could have just said, we're going to carry four bottom six centers. That's what they're saying with the goalies. <laughs> I just, I think you're relying, like, you're you're expecting that there's going to be no drop-off from the top six next year, which is just, like, unfair to those guys. Like It's unfair to a asking, bunch of 36-year-olds. Yeah, like... But, okay, so now let's talk about this bottom six because you've kind of been hinting at it. Like, where is everybody going to play? Like, right now, you got 
Nieto, Achari, Eller. He, he just signed. Those are three. Nylander. Drew Connor hasn't. He's going to arbitration, but Jeff Carter and Michael Granlin. That's seven names I just said, right? Yeah. Who Who's not playing out of that? If they're on the roster. As of right now, I'd probably say... I would say the one that I would want to play, honestly, almost the most, and it's Alex Nylander. That's the one that I think gets scratched. Um, See, I... I it's it's a name that I don't I wouldn't want it to be him either, but I would think it's Drew O'Connor. And the only reason I say that is because while we didn't have a GM, Sullivan like was the one I, I know that Wilkesbury Scranton's assistant GM or whoever it was had to ink the deal, but Sullivan was pushing for Nylander to be back. I he Josh Yoy was just talking about this with Hunter. Sullivan really likes Nylander. I think he's going to be a staple within the bottom six next year. I'm worried that it would be a Drew O'Connor, who I think also needs to be a staple in the lineup. But we're both on the same page. He he should be. Um, We're both on the same page that it wouldn't be Carter or Granlin, and it should be. You're going to have a third line of Mikhail Granlin, Lars Eller, and Jeff Carter. And you're going to tell me that that's good enough? You're going to seriously ice that line <laughs> and tell me that we think this is the best third line we can uh, assemble. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> tough? That's despicable. <laughs> that's... Here's... <laughs> so, hear me, hear me out on you this. You have a guy who can't skate, you have a guy who can't score, and you have a guy who can't do either of them. And you have a guy that can't put his own clothes on in the morning jeff carter's yeah. that old oh I was, like, what? I was like where are you going with this i yeah it's it's preposterous good word by me that as of right now looking at it they got to find a way to do something with Granlin. and by the way i still think they're going to okay well dubas does not seem thrilled about the idea of buying someone out Another window did open, so wait. So good job to bring that back up. Yeah, he doesn't seem thrilled about the idea of buying someone out. So, mm-hmm. do you think that they're going to trade him? And if so, what are you going to trade him? Not necessarily for, his, but what are you what are you going to package him with? Because I don't think you his, can just trade him straight up. His contract expires before Carlson's, right? So, if he's part of that deal. It allows, and he makes a lot less. So it allows San Jose or a third team to to take that on and not have it as long. <laughs> I I I like the idea. I think it's a, that's to, a that's a very attractive idea. Yeah, but I just I I, I have a hard time believing Mikael Granlund well, is not going to thing, be a Penguin too, this like, season. Well. I, I think we're going to see one of him or Petrie moved. I still think that's... First off, Cal Dubas' favorite website, I say that jokingly, Cap Friendly has them in the negative by about a million and a half right now in cap space. Like, they literally have to do something to be cap compliant. I still think at least one of those two is going to be moved. Um, I'll be honest. You can say that I'm just getting my hopes up. You can call it hopium. You can say whatever you want. I think Eric Carlson's going to be a penguin. And I think one of those two are going to be in that deal. 
whether it's them going to San Jose or 13. I'm all for it. I mean, let's just let the fun begin. That's what I would say with Eric Carlson, because I've, I've thought about this to me and, and granted, if they move Petrie, then that, that changes my, my thought a little bit, but I thought if they trade for Carlson, that means that someone like Marcus Pedersen is going to be on the move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily want that because he's been your best defenseman over the last couple seasons, seasons, and your most consistent one, especially health-wise last year. So I wouldn't want that, but I just think the idea of Eric Carlson is just so much fun. Well, here's the it, here's the other part of it because we just talked about how little offense they're going to be getting from their bottom six. Like you got to find offense from somewhere. So you might as well have the highest Get scoring the on defense. Line. Yeah, I mean you've got to find ways to change this offense. Him and Latang are going to combine for 150 points. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I and I I'm at the really I'm at the point after a season where you don't make the playoffs, where I am just all for anything that's exciting. And Eric Carlson trading for him that is an exciting move. So I am all for it. Hopefully yeah. that could get, I would rather Grandlin go just because I wouldn't want him to play, but I think it would make sense if you tr- you're trading one I of think, your defensemen. Yeah. And, and I mean, you would gonna be making, you're going to have Petrie at 6.25 as your third pairing right-handed defenseman. And then what do you do with Ruda? I mean, you'd have to move him in a separate deal, I guess. I, I don't know. There's just, I think that Petrie. Yeah. So actually let me go back because I said, I think one of the two of them, Petrie's Petrie would be part of the deal. Whether that's I think actually San Jose is on his no no trade list. So that's why a 13 would definitely have to be involved. What does Eric Carlson make? Eleven. Is anything going to be retained? Oh yeah. Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there'd definitely be stuff retained, right? Yeah, I think that I mean they were saying somewhere like in order he had to 101 make it work, points last year. I forgot about that. Yeah. He had 101 points. Holy cow. He outscored Sid. Have, yeah. I think they're going to have to be in at least a 30% retained range. And you get a third team involved, retain some more of that. If you can get him between seven and a half and or like seven and a half to four eight. Four more years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, you get him around the seven and a half to eight million. All for this. I, I just think it would be a blast. Or it might yeah. be terrible. But either way, I'm willing to take that gamble. The, yeah, that's the thing is like all offense, no defense when he's on the ice. But that's why he probably hasn't had a partner that's in. And people are going to think I'm crazy for saying this. I know I've always viewed him higher. When is the last time he had a defensive partner that is as good defensively as Marcus Pedersen? Like, I think he's going to be able to stabilize that a little bit. I, I agree. I agree. Um, You know, he, he could be his Brian Dumlin to to Chris Letang. So I, and I, I would have it be Pedersen, by the way, because I don't know. And I just need to watch more of Graves. I just, I would trust Pedersen more with Carlson and Graves with Letang. No, I think that Letang is going to look at Graves. He's six, five and be like, yeah, he's mine. That one's mine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, RPS. I, best I, three. I, I'm, I am all for this, but looking at the bottom six, I would think that Achiari would to me would probably be the fourth line center. Yeah. And then I have Nieto on the wing. Which wing? I don't know. Probably right wing. 
and then you you'd have Nylander or or O'Connor on on the other one. I just and I envision that third line as just the old slow we, we why can't we just make that the the fourth line honestly and just move, yeah move, make the other one the third line um i mean they're not gonna be good regardless of if you want to call them third or fourth but yeah Granlin better not be on this team there's no way he can be on this team if if dubis does not get rid of him he so, needs to be in jail i don't know if you knew this but Dubas tried to trade for Granlin two years ago in Toronto. Now Granlin was obviously oh, a much different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Granlin was obviously a much different player, but Dubas could view him a little bit differently than everybody else does. Maybe he sees him as a reclamation project. I don't think you should be taking on many reclamation projects when you have a 36-year-old Sidney Crosby, a 37-year-old Getty Malkin, I, and you're yeah. trying to win cups. And I don't know that for sure. I'm just like. Knowing that he's tried to trade for him before, he's still on the roster right now. He's kind of pushed back against the buyout thing. You know, I, I I don't want him on the roster next season. I just I wouldn't for sure say that he's not going to be. Maybe they can pass if I were taking it, and Petrie. So one of the teams get Petrie and the other and the Sharks get Granlin. There you go. Yeah, they still get out of uh two years. Early for like Granlin will be off the books two years earlier than Carlson is. Mm-hmm. So, moral of the story is Carlson needs to be in Pittsburgh. That that would just be yeah. the most fun. I I mean he's gonna he's got to get traded. The, the Sharks are not going to pay him eleven million dollars for the next four seasons at the beginning stages of a rebuild. Yeah, makes no sense. And he requested it. I mean, obviously yeah. they don't have to accept it, but and he's. They they're letting him talk to teams like he himself has ta- has talked to the Penguins and Hurricanes. How soon would you get a jersey, <laughs> Mike? What number would he wear? Hmm. I bet I mentioned this to Sarge. Only worn sixty eight in the NHL, right? Um, I, th- I think so. So no, he, 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 he wore 65 at one point. Oh, you're right. He wore 65 right. with the Sharks. Oh, wait, he was wearing 65. Oh, why was I picturing him in 68? I don't know. He wore 65 with the Sense too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that, yeah, now that you're saying it, yeah, 65. Why was I thinking 68? Clown him in the comments. <laughs> Because I that I even texted Sarge didn't say anything about it. Not that like he would know anyway. But I was thinking, oh, we're about to retire Yager's number this year. How's he going to wear sixty eight? And then, who the heck? That's crazy. I can literally picture him in that jersey too. But now that once I started thinking about sixty five, I was like, wait, he wore sixty five for sure in Ottawa, and then you said San yeah. Jose, so I was like, that's the number he has worn. Oh boy. All right. So yeah, never mind. That works. 65. Ron Hainsey, Penguins legend. Old number. When are we going to retire um, that? <laughs> you know, okay, so switching gears, um, we're not going to hit the 10-second yeah, break. Yeah, we just year. we can just... Um, I, the first thing I wanted to bring up was Rowanzi Contreras. He got optioned as we were recording, though. So, like, it's kind of pointless to even bring up what do you do with him at this point, because the Pirates have answered that. You send him back down to the minors. Um, it makes sense. I'm 
I'm not out right. on Rowanzi by any means, but right now he's got nothing to offer the team. His the dude's struggling down. a ton. Yeah. It makes it, it made sense to send him down. At least maybe he can gain some more confidence in AAA. And from there on out, you can you can gain some confidence down there, bring him back up to the end. He's got to add a third leagues. pitch down there. Yeah, I just he was like you're saying, he was bringing no value to you as an MLB player. He's not going to be bringing value as a starter, not bringing any value as a bullpen. At that point, you need to send him back down. Um, we talked about his his lack of a third pitch a couple weeks ago. That's going to be a struggle for him until he can develop one because MLB hitters are too good. If you only have two pitches, they're going to be able to hit it. Especially as a starter, if you're throwing two pitches, after your first time through the order, they're going to crush you. So I they, they need to be able to... To help him develop that third pitch and get him back to the MLB level. And hopefully he can product, be a productive pitcher. And I, I don't even care if it's a starter. If he's a productive bullpen arm, I think that would be fine. But out of yeah. all of the trades that happened, <clears throat> Rwanzi was like the one piece that came in that was a like more than ready player to come up um, or, or like a, a better piece. And that was the tie on trade, I think. So yeah. I, I think that that's one that where you were hoping that that could be a productive MLB player. And he's had some really good starts in his time as an MLB player. But as of the past two months, he's just been complete trash, honestly. So, yeah, and, I mean, the Velos, I, he was throwing 92 mile per hour fastballs last night. Yeah, I mean, that's it's bad. It makes perfect sense why they optioned him. Hopefully he can do better. The move but... was to reactivate Key Bryan, who's back playing third base and leading off tonight. So that's good news. That is good news. That is good news. And we also got Reynolds back um, since we last spoke, which is also good mm-hmm. news. Getting getting yep. some of these injuries back. Obviously, so. Henry Davis, early signs look great for King. him. Can we talk about – I'll be honest. I am not somebody that was like a huge fan of Jack Sawinski. He might be the only player that I've watched get better with Andy Haynes as the hitting coach. No, I think that makes sense. Uh, Jack Suwinski at the start of the season was due for either a home run or a strikeout, and there was nothing in between. <laughs> but he's actually developed into more than just a home run or strikeout hitter. So He draws walk. He doesn't chase. Second lowest chase rate behind Juan Soto in all of baseball. Really? Which is crazy. Yeah. Like on the entire season? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. He doesn't swing outside of the zone. I mean, good for you, Jack. Uh, 19 home runs this year, which is obviously they need some type of thump within that lineup. I will say, so I have one gripe with tonight's lineup. It is, I would love to see Jared Triolo, who's come up and played a, played a really nice third base in the absence of T. Bryan. He can also play short. I would like to see him at short and then Gonzalez at second instead of Rodolfo Castro in the lineup. Because you want to talk about struggling, Rodolfo Castro has not provided much for this team, and it's unfortunate because we both really liked him coming into this year. Well, you you don't want a guy that's batting one hundred three in your lineup over the past two weeks. <laughs> I don't know why uh, you wouldn't want I, that. I feel like at this point, it's pretty clear that he's strictly a guy that needs to get some at bats versus lefties, if anything. Like that's that's what he is. Yeah. Probably. I'm, I'm looking at the rest of the lineup for tonight's game. I wanted to see who they had catching. Jason DeLay. I know. Mm-hmm. Batting 154 over the last two weeks. We've got some heavy hitters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
At least, yeah. at least you want. But I really, I don't think, I don't think tonight's lineup is all that bad compared to what it could be. Like, I no. don't think this is no. a bad lineup. Yeah, no, and and I think that uh, you you had just mentioned him. Nick Gonzalez has looked a lot better overall no, than I what we thought he, sure. what we <laughs> thought over the past couple or his first couple games. So glad to see him come up and be productive because we already had major concerns about that. Um, that he the was strikeout struggle rate. a ton. Yeah, the strikeout rate is what got me. I thought he was going to strike out like forty percent of the time based off what he was doing in the minors. So, um, you know, see him putting the bat on the ball, collecting a ton of hits. Um, it's obviously great. Like I, I, I would keep this thing going. You know, you've seen Davis come up and be productive. You've seen Gonzalez come up and be productive. Triolo's obviously been like hit or miss with a bat. I don't know that you expected a ton from that perspective. Played a really nice defensive third base. Keep it going. Where's Endy? Like we're sh- we're seeing proof that guys can get better at the major league level. Let's keep it rolling. I agree, especially when I I've brought it up, and I'm just going to continue to update everybody on their their batting percentages. <laughs> J- Jason Delay is like I said over the past two weeks batting a 154. Austin Hedges though got above 200. He's 217 now. So congrats to you, buddy. Um, but All yeah. Stars and- <laughs> And also, Jason DeLay, his on-base percentage is 154. So if he's not getting a hit, he's not going to walk. Yeah. Yep, so he's definitely – remember, he was hitting like 308, and I was like, this isn't sustainable. And here we are. So. <laughs> that, that, 308 is his slugging percentage, actually. Crazy. Um, and then real quick, uh, the last thing I want to bring up with the Pirates is Keller and Bednar, both all-stars. Keller was originally Bednar replacing Clayton Kershaw. Um, Bednar made it last year. It's still awesome, obviously, to see him get that nod. Certainly deserving. He doesn't get to pitch as much as a lot of other guys around the league, obviously, being the Pirates closer. Um, But uh, Mitch Keller's the story here. I mean, obviously, just to see how far he's come since we started this podcast, like the days of saying that this guy's not a major league pitcher to maybe he's a bullpen guy to maybe he can be a back end of the rotation arm to being an all-star. What a story this has been. If there's one thing about the Pirates that has been good, I mean, obviously, you know, he's not going to be great every time out. He's had his ups and downs for sure. But if there's one real feel-good story to take away from this Pirates season so far, it's Mitch Keller. I absolutely agree. Um, and you you could see what it meant to him whenever um, oh, he was I wasn't expecting was that. I didn't know that he was like that, like an emotional guy like that. Not, cool. I, neither did I because it, all of the time he just seems like cool, calm, collected. Doesn't really get let the highs or lows get to him. But – I, I I thought it was really touching to see how he reacted to be being an all-star. You could definitely tell that it meant a whole lot to him. And uh, it's like a childhood dream come true, like being an all-star in the MLB All-Star game. So that's awesome. And awesome to see Bednar getting getting it be, to be the first replacement in, on the National League roster. I like that he left uh, Kershaw some icy light and oh. <laughs> best brew in Pittsburgh. Um, if it was Mango, I could get on board, but... Have you had Sorry, the? Uh, have you had the? I see. I don't even know what they call it. The tea. The, yeah, the, I tried. The, I tried it once. It's not good. <laughs> that was actually that what might have been the last. Us? That was the last. I haven't drank any alcohol, sip of alcohol since the NFL draft. Well, there you go. I try. I tried it that that weekend, and that was like the last night that I drank alcohol. Good for so, you. Yeah, it's not like uh 
like, oh, I don't drink alcohol, so I'm better than you type of thing or anything like that. I, I don't even know what made me stop drinking. Like, I just haven't had the desire to, so I'm just trying to go along with it. Well, it's the complete opposite of the month you turn 21. I remember that, so. <laughs> My God. <laughs> yeah. I, what did I, I made a joke about that, actually, recently. Uh, Hammer and Hank on Twitter said something about, dang it, what was it? Something about a round or, I can't remember what it was, but I quoted it and just said me when I turned 21. I, I don't know, but I just remember the, the the month you turned 21, you were at Whiskey Rhythm literally th- 30 days in a row. The entire month of it's June bad. into it's July. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you could say you had a problem now. Oh, Hank, Hank, Hank tweeted, so it was the base. The bases were loaded, and he just said loaded again. And I quoted it and said me when I turned 21. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's basically what it was. Uh good times good times not really um anyways i think that will wrap it up here um no steelers talk and we still went for an hour and 12 minutes and change um but a lot of good penguins information um would love the next time we talk to be talking about eric carlson being in a penguin sweater so make it happen kyle and then you know kyle can come on here and talk about it too uh so get this to kyle Uh, um the the grandland trade (laughs) <laughs> it won't even be notified as the Carlson trade. It'll be the, the Granlin trade. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably get as much praise for acquiring Carlson as offloading Granlin. So I feel like that's fair. <laughs> probably. Um, but yeah, Tyler mentioned there's gonna be some links in the description of this. Um we are kicking off year six of Rocking Around the 412. So the link for that will certainly be in there, included with the other ones as well donate obviously no uh, announcements have been made yet in terms of the types of prizes or anything that we're going to be giving away the salvation army in rochester pa is going to be a big part of our mission their angel tree that they do every christmas they don't start doing that until like october so i'm way ahead of them but our fundraiser has kicked off um still looking for families of course to go along with that too um so if you are somebody that's going to be in need this holiday season if you know somebody that's going to be in need this holiday season please feel free to reach out to either of us personally or on our joint account around the 412 follow us on all of our social medias including our threads account uh that's all around the 412 everywhere like and subscribe right here on youtube or if you were listening somewhere else be sure to subscribe Leave us a five-star review, all that good stuff. Um, that's it. Do all that for us. We'll be back next week to talk to you about – maybe we'll try to include some Steelers talk next week. We'll see how things go. Training but camp's coming up. Train camp is coming up. Maybe that's what we'll talk about. Probably not. But uh, we will see you guys next week. Until then, for Smitty, for Tyler, this has been Around the 412, and we'll see you then.